0: It's going to be a very, very intense
1: journey. Hello, and welcome to the Frameskip Podcast, the video games podcast by four dudes. However, today we are missing one dude, which is Seth Slykhouse. but today I have with me Elijah Steele.
0: Hello there.
1: And I also have Austin Eller.
0: Hello there, part two.
1: All right, gentlemen, <laughs> how we doing? How was your week?
0: It felt long. Yeah, but I think yeah. the last like four weeks have felt very long. <laughs> I,
2: I looked at the calendar today and I'm like, oh, it's actually April now. I was still at PAX a month ago.
0: Yeah, I was uh, I was thinking to myself today. I was like, so my, my classes started back on Monday all online um, here at UGA. but. I was thinking to myself earlier. I was like, "Wait a second. I graduate in like 35 days." <laughs> I was like, "Oh no, that's close."
1: Well, my son just sent his um he sent a picture of his degree. He got he got his degree shipped to him. So Nice. Yeah, he he finished his masters, so um, well, guys, what uh, what have you been doing? What games have we been playing this last week since we last did this thing?
0: Um, I've still mostly been playing Animal Crossing New Horizons, obviously. I think uh, that's pretty clear based off of how excited I was for that game. Um, slowed down a little bit. I'm still probably playing at least an hour every day just to kind of do all the basic stuff and um, kind of keep up with what's going on in the game, and especially going forward for the next... I guess twelve days. I'm definitely gonna keep trying to play every single day if I can, just because um, the like Easter event just started today. The it's called Bunny Day in the game, but it's essentially day, Easter. That's it. um, and you can craft like a lot of Easter kind of items, and there's just a lot of stuff um, that's exclusive in the game right now. And like I said, it's only for the next twelve days, so until April twelfth. Um, but I've mostly been playing that, and so.
1: Do okay. me a favor, when you when you play next, mm-hmm. let me know so I could jump online so I could catch up. Yeah. Cause I, I just I haven't been able to play anything <laughs> since since last week and oh it's been frustrating. But go ahead, I'm sorry.
0: No, yeah. Um I'll let you know for sure. And um I was just trying to think if there's any like progress points I've made that I could bring up. Uh I got uh the Able sisters in my town, which has been nice. They're hey. like the the kind of clothing store so i got them finally um opened a couple more bridges and i i did unlock the amiibo support actually a few days ago the actual amiibo support where you can invite um the amiibos to live in to, in in your island which there's two different ones if you guys don't know there's one that's essentially just like a photo mode where you can invite random amiibos and just take photos with them which is a little odd um, but then there's the actual one where it's like hey come live in my town so I invited a frog named Jeremiah, and um, that's who I oh have Oh, my so God.
2: Far. That's amazing.
0: Yep. <laughs>
2: uh, yep. <laughs> you get the reference, right? Oh, yeah. Of course. Okay. So, I want to be sure.
1: So Fancy threw out a picture on Twitter where in his house, in one of his rooms, he's got a wall full of pictures yeah. of the amiibos that he took, you know, that he uh his that he scanned yeah so i thought that was pretty cool good job brandon
0: it's cool um and you can get those actually the the one good thing about that one photo mode that i was saying um that one specific island that you go to to do that anyone you scan in it'll give you a poster of that amiibo so um that's one good thing to do um but aside from that i've really only played uh that hour and a half or so that we played of halo reach on pc coach the other day and that was a lot of fun
1: that was saturday wasn't it
0: i think it was yeah.
1: yeah yeah i believe so
2: yeah so
1: all right elijah what you got uh really
2: the main thing i've been playing turns out it's going to be a ps plus game for this month i've been playing dirt rally 2 uh they released some colin McRae dlc a free dlc pack Is that by Codemasters? Yes, it is. For anyone who doesn't know, Colin McRae is, like, the most famous rally racer ever. He was the youngest racer to ever win the World Championship, and he still has that record. He holds numerous records in rally racing for different courses because, in actual words, no one else is stupid enough to try going that fast. Uh, Like... This guy was incredible. I don't know how many people know this, but I love rally racing. It's my favorite motorsport. It is controlled chaos. And I just find it so fascinating. And the Dirt rally games are so good. Uh, I actually was thinking, I want to send a message to Codemasters because there's no other rally games like that in the gaming gaming industry. And this DLC puts you in some of his... Cars that he has driven throughout his life and gives you special things like there's complete this course in under eight minutes and 30 seconds while having an engine malfunction. And after about roughly two eighths of the way through, it'll come up, uh, you're having engine problems, so your engine will like go slower and not rev as high. So you need to like try and get around with those problems and there's gonna be a lot like that. There's certain ones where it's finish in tenth or higher to beat out the Italians right behind you. Because uh in that and these are like based on real events that happened in his life. And apparently like the Italian racing team was doing great that year and they were like right behind him. I I looked up some of these events as I was playing. Because I was so fascinated by it. Did uh, you
1: Did you ever play, Elijah, the, the DLC, the Storm Island DLC for um, the Forza um, Horizon? I think it was the third one. I... Uh, yes. So yes. it wasn't straight up a rally racing, but it was similar. And that was the funnest I had with the racing game in a long time.
2: And like... Uh, I I play Gran Turismo. Gran Turismo has rally racing in it too, and I don't think the rally racing in that is that good. Uh, I I did enjoy thinking about it. Yes, I did play Storm Island. I've was thinking about uh, achievements I got, which reminded me, and the racing was good in that, but nothing to me because it started out as the Colin McRae series for one, two, three, four, and five. Yeah. Uh, The first one I ever played was I had a demo of three on the original Xbox. And that's what got me into rally racing. I played that all the time. And then they started making the Dirt series. And it started as Colin McRae presents Dirt. And then Colin McRae presents Dirt 2. Which, coincidentally enough, Colin McRae presents Dirt 2 debuted in the UK the day before he died. Wow. Um, And then after that, it just became Dirt 3 and Dirt 4. And it really... I'm not going to say evolved, but kind of devolved into an arcade racing series. And I didn't like that. And then dirt rally came out and it it is
0: this hardcore sim. Uh, I was going to say, I, I've only played a little bit of rally one, but what I played of it, it was hard. And it is very hard. I I had played several of the prior dirt games and they were more akin to like grid, which again, same developers, but that was more arcadey kind of style. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to try out Dirt Rally 2 on PS4 when it when it's free. And like these games are hard, but they are so
2: good. You can tell they they are very expertly crafted Mm -hmm. and like I'm playing to give you an idea how hard this DLC is in the like main career of my racer. I'm right now I'm on a lower level because the uh, difficulty gets up, goes up as you get higher in your career and right now like i just did a race last night in my career and i think i won that one race by like 14 seconds wow and then it is and then i go to the Colin mccray dlc i have it set for very easy difficulty one and it must have taken me like 25 retries on the one course jesus christ <laughs> wow that that's how difficult some of this stuff is especially like in that dlc this guy was a mastermind driver like it yeah that that's why i've been so into him for so long now he he i i don't think just in rally racing i think just in racing in general he's one of the best drivers there ever was so i'm glad they put this out
1: well back when you guys were still in diapers um i was playing on the original xbox rally sport challenge did you guys ever play that
2: Yes, I have. In I diapers. Am. I just told you I was playing Colin McRae 3 on the original Xbox, sir.
1: But that's not... the Rally Sport Challenge, though. I
0: know, but you said about in diapers.
1: Oh, I know. I'm just messing around. I know. It <laughs> was a joke. No, Anyways, he was still
0: wearing diapers. He was still yeah. wearing diapers at 15 years old.
1: I was- yes. <laughs> so, I love those games. I actually bought the Xbox Monster Component Cable mm. and... Um, the soundtrack was awesome, and that was like the first rally game I really got into. And then after that, I've always been interested in them. So Rally Sport Challenge 1 and 2, and then um, Storm Island are probably one of my favorite um, rally. Well, Storm Island really isn't a rally game, but it's still more off-road. It's similar, yeah. Yeah. So,
0: Forza Horizon 3 in general was just an incredible game. Yep. Yeah. I've been actually, this is kind of off topic, but just on the topic of racing games in general. Um, I've been thinking about like kind of getting back into H- Horizon 4 or like um, yes! Rally 2, like I said, when that's free, just because everything that's happening, like I haven't been driving at all. And I miss it. Like I miss driving right now because um, I guess I'm one of those few people that enjoys getting in the car every day and, and oh, driving. I do too. So.
1: Is that on Game Pass?
0: Uh, for Horizon 4?
1: No, the other one.
0: Oh, Rally 2?
2: No, it's going to be free oh. on PlayStation Plus starting okay. on Tuesday. Yeah. And the the biggest compliment I can give to the driving in Rally 2 is it is hard, but when you are hitting it, it feels so good. Like, I was playing a little bit today at work. I took my PS4 in, and at lunch I was playing it, and it just felt so good. It felt mm-hmm. so... Like, I felt so... I can't even think of the right word I want to use because I just felt happy. It it was wonderful, and I have actually haven't felt that in that game in a long time.
1: I wonder if the Switch were to ever get a rally game using the gyro controls of the uh, Pro Controller. I wonder how that would add to it. You know, like how it is like when you're firing a, um, like in Splatoon or Doom or Breath of the Wild, right? how that added movement at add, um gives you a better accuracy. I wonder if using that gyro for the steering. I wonder how that would work.
2: I'm curious too the only reason I don't know if it would work out that well for a game like that is it is so like just a little bit of change can dr- can make your car roll over in that game. Yeah because just a little bit you can hit a rock wrong and your car will flip or just completely go off balance and i don't know if the gyroscope would really help with that if that makes sense just because it is so so deep in the handling of the cars and such
1: right and you know like if you go on youtube people base their channels on racing games oh yeah and they oh, get yeah. like a hundred thousand views and it's, it's crazy. Like the really good ones, yep. you know, like same thing with like Skyrim, right? There's, there was people that were getting a hundred thousand views on Skyrim, but especially for certain racing games that that's all people will play. Yeah. They, uh, it's, it's pretty intense. So that's good though. Yeah. I just, I awesome. highly
2: recommend, like I said, it's coming out on PS plus on, it'll be next Tuesday. At least check it out. Like I said, you, you can tell it's a labor of love and I, after these years of playing the rally series, I still absolutely love it. It is my second favorite racing series only after Forza. But, like, the rally series, there's really something special to it. And I can't even put it into words, honestly. Yeah. It, nice. It, it's just great.
1: That's awesome. Well, I don't really have much to say only because I've been migrating our my, you know, normal curriculum to online format. So, it's been... Really intense this week, so. But I pretty much played um, with Brandon and Craig, right? Yep. Rev, yeah. Yes. We played Reach, and uh, it was fun. We're just messing around on there, and then uh, last night, and I was talking to Austin about this. um, I wouldn't want to spend too much on it, but um, because Austin's going to be talking about this later, but I I wanted to play. Um, Mario 64. So I'm looking through my stuff and realize I don't have Mario 64. So then I started playing sunshine just to see, because that's one game that I haven't beaten yet, which I should have. And, um, but what I realized is the controls in that game are, it's just wild because it's going to take a while to get used to it. Because especially now that we're so used to games at this point in our you know in our gaming life or whatever you want to say going back to like how Nintendo did the controls on that and the camera it was it's pretty shocking that they 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 haven't fixed that or they didn't fix it before they released it
0: yeah cuz it's like completely inverted uh, control wise for the aiming which is still i think a weird choice considering like a lot of the stuff with flood is like kind of first person shooter e in a way yeah um and then like coach and i were talking earlier i think something i realized is mario sunshine i'm pretty sure the camera sticks directly behind you at all times like there's no way you can move it around but i think it's it's kind of like reluctant to do so compared to other (laughs) uh platforming games so um i need to go back and, and look at it just to see if it actually bothers me but i watched andy replay it um all the way through like probably less than a year ago i don't I want to say it was last summer she she played it, but um, it didn't seem too bothersome, but uh, I don't remember it being an issue for me, but I think if I tried to go back to it now, I, I could see how it would be problematic. Just wait. Yeah.
2: Just wait. Mario Mar- Sunshine is my favorite Mario game.
0: Yeah, it's really? it's a phenomenal yes. game, I think. I absolutely love it. I adore it so much.
1: For me, it's 3D Land on the, of course, yeah. the 3DS I got super into that games. But anyways, okay, let's move on. Okay, so we have some items, all right? Uh, But there was a mini direct, a Nintendo mini direct, which I don't think it was a mini direct because was it almost like 40 minutes?
2: It was like 25.
1: Oh, okay. For some reason, I thought it was 40. But anyways, um, real quick, what'd you guys think of it? It was okay.
0: Yeah. Um, I thought there was a lot of good stuff that they showed, I think, Uh, there were definitely things in it that, you know, they're just not really for me. Like, I think, you know, like the Burnout Paradise and like the XCOM and Bioshock and Borderlands, like, you know, I think it's cool they're all coming, but I, I, am not really interested in, in buying those games again, especially on Switch. But I will say the Panzer Dragoon remake, I thought that was pretty neat. I know that was announced before, but, um, I'm, I'm kind of interested in picking that up at some point. And then... Uh, obviously the stuff they showed of Xenoblade looked incredible. Um, right. Really so Xenoblade,
1: yeah, we it comes out May 29th, But the the reason why you could call it a definitive edition is because they added more content.
0: Yeah, to it. and I know this isn't ported by Nintendo. Um, but in the past, the games Nintendo's ported to Switch have literally been like one to one the games that they were. So like a good example is. Like tropical freeze, they ported, and I know it has the, the funky Kong mode or whatever, but it's not really. I mean, it's not really new content. It's just like a way to make the game easier. Um, so it's it's cool that this has like a, apparently like a full on like epilogue that was not in the original game.
1: What about Captain Toad? What there was something little added to it, wasn't it? Was, was it there?
0: I feel like there was something. Yeah. I don't Something about what
1: Odyssey. There was, was there, like, like,
0: DLC or something on the Switch version? I don't remember. Yeah I,
2: yeah, I think there was. That sounds right.
0: I want to say there was, but I honestly don't remember too much. I know, like, Hyrule Warriors, nothing changed. Um, as far as I know, pretty much nothing changed with the uh, SMT, Sharp, FE. I think it was, like, maybe a few right. aesthetic things that they added in, but that's about it. Um
2: all I remember about uh, Sharp FE was that there was a big uproar in Japan because mm-hmm. when we got it on the Wii U over here, it was an edited version. Yeah. It yeah. was It wasn't. It was. We got right. an edited version compared to the Japanese one. Yeah. And then when it came out on Switch, for both us and Japan, it was the edited US version. Oh, that's weird. and J- And Japan-, Japan was like no, why are you editing our version too? And actually a lot of people were canceling pre-orders over there. Wow. So like, you can't cancel Nintendo pre-orders, but there was such a giant backlash that they made an exception.
0: Hmm. I didn't know that was a thing.
2: Yeah. I I looked into it because I was deciding, should I play it on the Wii U Mm -hmm. or the Switch? And I was looking into what the differences were and found out about all that. I'm like, oh, okay.
1: Yeah, and then also... Like Austin said, two K games at the beginning. Also, right after Xenoblade announced um, Bioshock, and then and I'll let um, Elijah talk about that in a second. Borderlands Collection, which I guess if you don't have a PC or either of the HD twins, that that would be a good that that'd be a good place to get it, you know. But definitely for those. The, it's always better just to get it on PC or or you know your true HD format. But and then also XCOM two, and for those of you that played, like for me, I'll probably get that one only because Mario Rabbids is really good. You know, so we'll see. But uh, Elijah, what's up with the uh, what are they going to be doing with the uh, the the cartridge for so Bioshock?
2: It, it it's really weird because at least with the other one 2k has a terrible has done a terrible job of optimizing for the switch when it comes to putting on cartridge for example borderlands i don't remember exactly what is on the cartridge but then there's a 35 gigabyte download but with bioshock it has the first couple parts of all three games on the cartridge and then the rest of the games and dlc are all download I imagine that's going to be a huge
0: file too. Um What?
2: I've never yeah. heard of but like with Capcom with the like it does the Resident Evil releases. For example, they released 4, 5 and 6 physically. The cartridge just has 4 on it and then 5 and 6 are downloads. But at least the cartridge has a full game on it. The BioShock 1 doesn't have a single full game on it. Also, I I noticed when watching that trailer, and I went back and watched it again to be sure, there were parts I saw where they didn't have uh, texture on some surfaces that I know the PS3 and 360 had texture there.
0: Yeah. um, That's one
2: thing I'm worried about.
0: I'm really curious to see how these turn out just because, again, like you said, Elijah, in the past, 2K has not really had a good run. As far as porting stuff to the Switch, every um, single
2: 2K game has had the thing on the box requires a download.
0: Yeah. I mean, the I'll never forget when, and I know it's not too much on 2K themselves. I know it's kind of on the devs too, depending on what team it is. But like, I'll never forget when the WWE game came out on oh, Switch and it literally so ran, ran at like 15, 20 frames a second and had just nonstop bugs. And, you know, those that game, game was just bad overall yeah and i was gonna say you know those games always have bugs but it was like a complete train wreck on switch compared to every other system and then i i know all the nba games have a mandatory download complete Um, side note can we just talk about how funny it was
2: that as soon as the year 2020 turned at midnight wwe 2k20 broke yeah i just just laugh about that all the time
0: i forgot about that yeah so like the second The second it hit midnight, um, was it all systems? Could not play that game? All systems. You
2: you couldn't do anything online.
0: Yeah, crazy. But um, no, I'm curious to see what happens. I think I agree with you, Elijah. I think it's stupid. Like, why would they not just put Bioshock 1 on the cartridge and then make 2 an infinite download? Like, it's still stupid either way. But like...
2: I want to know what their excuse is, considering whatever team ported The Witcher 3, The Witcher 3 and all DLC so the two expansions and all the free DLC that came out is all on the cartridge. Yeah, and it's a great port. Yeah, there was not a down I put it in and it worked right away,
1: whole game. There was no download. And I mean, the Metro's the Metro series, the Redux, yeah. that got that was ported in and, and Digital Foundry did something on it and that's like they said that's one of the best ports on the Switch. So it goes to
2: show you These cartridges can handle it, which is why I'm so upset that like, is it the company just saying we're going with a cheaper cartridge, like a smaller size cartridge for it to be cheaper? Like what, what's the reason we know this can be done?
0: I want to look into this because, and I'm going to do some digging before the next podcast because I'm really curious and I've never really researched this at all. But like, I think the big one that's always hilarious to me was, I think it was the first Mega Man collection on switch yep. like o- only a couple of the Mega Man games were on the cart and the rest you had to download and those games yeah, ha- it was literally are probably like 10 megabytes like they're not big at all
1: 50 kilobytes yeah yeah so, it, it was half
0: of the game Be th- yeah that's wild yeah. and capcom you know in general is bad about it too like the the resident evil games half of them are like you know i think it's uh what is it, the resident evil revelations one and two all, pack all three only- of
2: them uh revelations one and two one is on the cartridge two is a download the origins pack with resident evil and resident evil zero resident evil is on the cartridge zero is a download and like i said the four five and six pack four is on the cartridge five and six are download
0: yeah i just i don't get it i don't get it um it's 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 just a weird practice and again i don't know i guess it's just they don't know how to port it or something i don't know um, and there was a
1: lot of issues with Resident Evil 4 on the Switch because Capcom didn't do anything to add to it. You know, yeah. like they didn't use the the gyro controls for that, um, and it made the. Uh, you remember where you had to shoot the blue medallions? Yeah. Yes. I think was it was it the Switch version that was nearly impossible to to get? Like I it know that it was hard. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. It might have been another version, but for some reason, I thought it was a switch. But like, that's the reason why I didn't get that one because I'm like, well, for one, I already have four the the remaster of it on um, I think it's Xbox, Mm -hmm. and I have the original and the um, on the GameCube, and then I have the um, the Wii edition.
2: Here Mm -hmm. is one thing I don't wonder if. The, if it only has one game on it, who would buy it used? Or are you just going to buy it brand new?
0: You know, I haven't thought too much about that because I don't really buy Think used of, games anymore, but that is a problem. If you go into GameStop, okay.
2: Resident, Resident Evil Revelations collection used is twenty nine ninety nine, huh. And I want to say each game is $25 on the eShop if you were to buy them separate. So I don't know if that really, it plays a part of it. I, I I don't know. I don't know. Just a thought.
1: Interesting. So, all right. So I want to go over a couple more games that were on the uh, direct Mm -hmm. Um, Marvel ultimate Alliance gets, is getting a really cool DLC. Um, It has fantastic four. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of it, it, they show Galactus, right? Yep. Um, and I hope at somehow in the next run of Marvel movies over the next 10 years that we get Galactus. I don't know if we will, but remember um, the second it was Fantastic Four 2 at the very end. <laughs> I mean, it, it, that movie was amazing all the way into the end when you saw the shadow,
0: the cloud, the cloud, the cloud the known shadow. as Galactus.
1: Yes, who is well like, known?
0: Well known as a cloud in the Marvel comic universe. <laughs> wait, Black. Wait, what? Yeah, at the end of Fantastic Four Two, the movie, when he was a cloud. Oh my God, you're right. I yeah. forgot about that. He was, he was literally mm. a freaking cloud, <laughs> literally. And the,
1: <laughs> and the whole movie was really good. Like it was, it was really good because you had Silver Surfer on there, and then. At the very end, that one part just destroyed the entire movie.
0: Honestly, very underrated movies. I
2: don't think they're that bad. Um, oh, I, I enjoy them. Yeah. Like, not talk about the cloud, but I enjoyed them. Yeah.
1: Right. So the uh so there that DLC is gonna be coming out. So it looked mm-hmm. really good. And I'm glad that they're adding more content to it. Yeah. You know. And then lastly, um, Bravely Default too. Elijah, tell us how you uh how how it went when you played it the demo
2: i didn't play the demo i'm not but going said to you did no i i'm not going to play the demo because well okay let me put it this way did it did it say because i didn't get to watch all of it did it say if you play the demo will the save carry over
1: no no uh, because it's not really a demo it was more like so they did this with um with uh, what you call it, what was their last RPG they did? Um,
2: Octopath Traveler.
1: Yes. So they did that first um, demo, and it was more or less so that way they could get feedback. And then uh, at a later time, they got another demo hmm. where I think you could you. I think yeah. you were able to. That would that would you could use that save. So okay. that's what I'm assuming that they're going to do with this.
2: I'll I'll wait until that demo then. I loved Bravely Default. I loved that game. It was fantastic. I loved the Bravely and Default system in battle. I thought it worked great. I love the art in that series. I can't wait for this game.
1: So let me ask you this: When you get straight into a battle, okay, we're Mm -hmm. going with Bravely Default, okay. Mm -hmm. When you first get in there, do you automatically just straight across just go default for everybody so they can get that that so they could have that brave that brave uh, that extra brave? It it depends
2: uh, on a mixture of. What enemies are there? Uh, Like, what is the level difference? And what is the character attack? Like, what is... Who attacks when? Because if it's something where it's like, Oh, I know... I see it's this creature. And he is, like, super effective against my one character. And I go first, but he goes next. I will right away try and use like a defensive spell to protect the one character just in case it attacks him. Or if it's like, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty good level, but I'm just kind of grinding default in all of them. And like, you know, it'll, t- it'll take me a couple hits, but I can do this fast default in all of them. But it really, it really depends on the fight. It was also super easy to cheat and bravely default. Hmm. I accidentally did it once. I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing that again, where you can get help from other people's character And like the one time it came with, you can let this character in. And he was a level 99 and I was like level 17 Hmm. and he came in and killed the boss in a hit, I'm like, all right, that was no fun. So I just didn't do it, but it was super easy. Like the next time that I let someone in, they were right around the same level as me. But like, there was like a level 77 the one time when I was like level 25. I'm like, no, no, that's not going to happen. But it was super easy to cheat in that game that way.
1: So I went ahead and I never played the games before. And I remember when they came out. um, And I think we were even, we were still doing our podcast back then because it was before I went to, uh, I was, I was training up for Kuwait. So I'm sure we could dig through some of the old episodes, but anyways, um, it's so above my head. Like, I, I just wasn't going anywhere when I, cause I downloaded the demo and then I went to uh game explain and watched how he set his characters up. And I'm like, good God. Like that is like, it's like for me, if I was at like, you know, algebra one level, trying to take a calculus class, right? Just way out there. So um i have a lot to learn as far as uh deep rpgs like that so but it looked good and it and it played good and i and i do like the whole bravely and the default um the uh that whole battle how they do the battle
0: i haven't played this series but i was i was kind of hoping they would port the first one to switch because i know that was a rumor a while ago um but i don't i mean do either of you know if this connects to like the first game or how this works? I don't know. I know it's all new characters.
2: Okay, but I don't know.
0: Yeah, like what connects? Because I want to play it, but like if it does connect, I don't know. I don't know if I'll get it until I potentially play through the first one or read up on it or something. But yep, um, it looks good though.
1: Yeah. And then also there were a couple, real quick, there were a couple of Star Wars games dropped. Well, the first one, Jedi Jedi Academy, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Did you guys ever play that one?
0: Nope.
1: I didn't either. I was so into Rogue Squadron, so I never got into that. But Star Wars Racer is announced. It it wasn't available, but it's going to come out sometime this year, I guess. But it just gives me hope that somehow Rogue Squadron is going to be available. You know? (laughs)
0: Yeah, um, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if it is. Um, it seems like they're kind of trying to get these games out there. I mean, even on, I guess it was PS4, they ported a lot of the Star Wars games too a few years back. Um, I remember they ported like Super Star Wars and a bunch of other ones.
1: Because um, does Disney own those games?
0: I think they technically do now.
1: Because why don't, if, if I'm head of Disney, right? Mm-hmm. This is what I would do right this second. I would call up Factor Five. And I'd say, "All right, guys, we're gonna do a new Rogue Squadron, but before that, we're gonna take the re- three Rogue Squadron games and Battle for Naboo, and you're gonna do a give it a light remaster, and we're gonna release it on the Switch. Mm-hmm. That's what I would do. All on one disc too, no doubt. I would love that.
2: Yeah. So, if, if, if I'm not mistaken, did did they just release
0: Episode One Racer?
1: No, they announced oh. it. Okay.
2: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: They, yeah,
0: they it. said it'd be available at a later date, but that one I probably will buy because that's a really oh, good I will game. I totally
1: get it. Did you ever play it on the sixty-four? Yes. Yeah, and oh, I also yeah. bought it for PC, mm-hmm. and of course I had a AMD K five, so <laughs> it didn't run as well. You know, it was kind of choppy, but it was still good because you know, Star Wars was back again. You know,
2: mm-hmm. here here's a fun one for you guys. Did you ever play it in arcade? No. Yes.
1: Yes. Yeah. It was awesome. so fun. Oh, yes, it is. Um, I played it at Dave & Buster's. I haven't seen it in years. But yeah, it's really cool because you control like you're in a pod, pod racer.
0: Yep. I was just going to bring up before we move on. Did you guys see about, I think it was Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy or whatever uh, on Switch. I guess there's some sort of online multiplayer component and there's people joining the switch servers somehow through a loophole on pc and and freaking demolishing them
1: yeah i saw that that was funny
0: (laughs) it's switch and ps4 yeah that's happening yeah yeah
1: yeah that's funny i like that i like stories like that i mean like i know it sucks for those people but it's just funny yeah like they just go in and just recap it you're like what the heck man so and real quick Last thing, for the uh, Panzer Dragoon, mm-hmm. everybody's saying that it is way too short. Like, way too short. So, wait for it to drop in price. That it's not...
0: Yeah, they're short games. Yeah.
1: As,
2: as I have my finger over the pre-order button for the physical copy. How much yeah. is it on digital? Does it... Uh, digital? 25. 25, yeah. Okay. yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'll wait and- till it's like 10 bucks. Because I have the... Um, I, have in, I have Orta which yeah. is on uh Xbox which is backwards compatible now. And going back to back going back to uh Rally Sport Challenge, those never got backwards compatibility. Hmm. Yeah, which was a bummer. So, but okay. Um all right, so Austin, tell us about this wonderful rumor.
0: Yeah, so Normally, I wouldn't want the podcast to be so Nintendo heavy, but I thought this was a very interesting rumor. and Oh, yeah, it is. Um, I think it's of interest to a lot of people just because these games kind of dominated at least my childhood. I know that a lot of people in my age range kind of feel the same way. But um, essentially, this week, I'll just quickly say that Eurogamer, who is the well-known source confirmer, uh, leak confirmer at this point, they kind of... If Eurogamer has sources that are saying this is real, then it pretty much is, Um, which I was telling Coach the other day, I don't know who the hell their sources are, but whoever they are, (laughs) they're doing a good job. Um, But basically, they came out this week and there was a leak saying that Nintendo was going to release a bunch of 3D Mario games on Switch for Mario's 35th anniversary, which is this year. Um, And then immediately after that, Game Informer, or Game Informer, uh, Eurogamer came out and was like, hey, so we can confirm that those games are at minimum uh, Mario 64, Mario Sunshine, Mario Galaxy, and Mario 3D World. Um, And so I think some more stuff's come out, and I don't have the other article pulled up, but I think some more stuff has come out, and people um, have basically been saying this is essentially... Kind of like a Mario All-Stars 2 is what the rumor is. And the second part of this rumor is that not only are these 3D games going to be releasing in some sort of collection, um, there's definitely going to be more than this that's released that they don't really have specifics on. But I think the theory is pretty much every other old Mario game, if it's on NES or Super Nintendo, will be on the uh, Switch Online apps for those two systems. And then, um, supposedly a new Paper Mario game is coming that returns to the RPG roots of the series, which I think, um, you know, the 2D Mario, old Mario's aside, you know, I've played those games so many times. I don't know that I really would be excited to play those again on Switch, uh, but the 3D Mario stuff and then the Paper Mario, um, leak sound pretty incredible, I think, um, supposedly at least with 64 and sunshine according to Eurogamer they are going to be some sort of remastered versions so they're potentially going to be like widescreen or something of that sort which I would hope for um
2: maybe better controls yeah
0: maybe better controls cuz coach and I were talking the other day obviously coach was saying about um Mario sunshine having some weird camera issues but not just that but so does so does 64 a little bit 64 is a little to, little floaty yeah, to,
2: to turn the also that but like to turn the camera you use the d-pad and it just kind of turns it a little bit yeah so it'd be nice now to have the other joystick just rotate the camera yeah stuff like that
0: so i'm i mean i'm really curious to see what happens with this um you know i i hope this doesn't dominate nintendo's fall I wouldn't be surprised if it does based off of the fact that we've heard nothing about Nintendo games post Xenoblade in May. Um, but I hope it's not just like Mario, Mario, Mario all fall, but I think if it is, I'll still, you know, I'll still partake, I'll still play through 64 and sunshine on switch. I think I would, I would buy this collection in a heartbeat and certainly I'd buy 3d world. I think that's one of my, actually one of my favorite Mario games. Um, and people, people need to play that game. I think it's actually one of the best ones that Nintendo's ever released. But
1: Well, I think if they did, if that's all they had, I think that would be huge because it's going to sell, right? Um, we know that we're going to get the Pokemon DLC during that time, mm-hmm. also in the summer. But, I mean, I like, think of it like everyone's been always wanting um, Sunshine to be remastered, right? Yep. So if it is remastered, then we have that, that. Just that one game. But everybody's also been wanting 3D World to be ported as well. Yep. And we'll have that. And then having Galaxy 1 and 2 and Mario 64, I think that is a huge package that will sell a gazillion copies. And there's a lot of things they could do with that. Now, looking back last year when um i think it was like august when they did um new super mario brothers wii u and the luigi wii u remember yeah that would have been a good time to also include the two handheld so they can make that more of a a better um
0: oh like the other new super mario brothers games right so
1: include all of the the well, there was what there's four new Super Mario yeah. Brothers games. Uh one on the DS, one on the three DS, one on the Wii, the Wii U, and then of course Luigi's um version. Yeah. So that could have been its own. You know, that would have been an amazing package. So I think they missed the boat on that one. So if they do it right and they provide those titles, I think that will be amazing. And if they just make it sixty bucks, that will not that will like that will be huge because you can see. I mean, like, okay, guys, we don't really have anything coming out next year. So what can we do? Oh wait, it's the thirty-fifth anniversary. What did we do ten years ago? Well, we did. Um, remember, did you did you get the Wii um, anniversary? The twenty-fifth anniversary. I never
0: bought it, but I always wanted it.
1: Yeah. So and I still have it. It's like mint. So that's like kind of like a prized collection piece in my in my collection. So. Um, I really hope that that's what it is. And then on top of that, getting uh, a possibly a new paper Mario that is, you know, RPG focused, like, you know, 64 and uh, and um, a thousand year door.
0: Yeah. Um, no, I think it would be awesome if this is real. And I mean, I think at this point, if you're a gamer saying it, like I said, I think it's pretty much a thing at this point, typically based off of their history. Um, But, yeah, I will certainly pick it up. I just hope it's not like a, you know, pay $60 for Sunshine and 64, pay $60 for Galaxy 1 and 2. But we'll see what happens when the time comes. God, I hope not.
1: Yeah, I know. that They would get a lot of backlash. And Nintendo's, you know, they're known for, like, taking two steps forward, one step back. You know? So... So Look, we'll the re-
2: reality here is I'm going to buy it for Sunshine, so whether Sunshine is itself <laughs> or in a pack, if it is in a pack, I might finally play uh, Galaxy. Because supposedly, you know, with there being a pack of 64 Sunshine Galaxy, mm-hmm. I'd finally play Galaxy.
1: And just imagine having all 3D Marios on the Switch.
0: Yeah. I, Pretty awesome. I, it's going to be cool to see what this turns out to be. But yeah, for sure, Galaxy, I think, is well worth playing, Elijah. I think um be interesting to see what they do because there was a lot of stuff with the Wiimote where you could kind mm-hmm. of like point it at the screen and like shoot your little star bits or whatever it was called. So be interesting to see how they change that. But yeah, definitely have- some amazing games.
2: I either have two copies of galaxy or two copies of galaxy (laughs) two. And I don't, I think it's two copies of galaxy because I got one from a flea market. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, awesome. I have galaxy. And then I bought a Wii from a thrift store, turned it on and a copy of galaxy ejected from it. (laughs)
0: Okay. Nice.
1: Awesome.
2: And I, I think it's the first one. I'm not sure though.
1: Right. So that collection would be huge. However, Elijah thinks something else might be huge. Tell us about that, Elijah.
2: So I'm going to read a little bit of the article from Matthew Handrahan on GameIndustry.biz because it gets a little in-depth. Epic Games has launched a new multi-platform publishing label. Okay, I thought so. This is a first for them. With Remedy Entertainment, Playdead, and Gen Design as its first partners. Uh, Remedy, who recently made Control, which is my favorite game of last year, they also made Alan Wake and Quantum Break. Heh, rhymed. Both incredible games. Playdead, who made Inside and Limbo, both incredible games. And Gen Design, that is, oh, I'm gonna mess up his name. Uh, I want to say it's Fumita Uedo. Uh, he made Eco and Shadow of the Colossus. It's his company which worked on The Last Guardian. Epic Games Publishing aims to tip the balance of the publisher relationship in favor of the developers, offering terms that it believes will be more attractive than its rivals. This includes full creative ownership, developers keeping 100% of the IP rights and total creative control. It will offer as much as 100% of the development costs, including employee salaries, and it will split profits 50-50 once its costs are recouped. First off, I, I am not a Game Industry Insider. I don't know exact numbers, but I have a feeling that's a pretty good deal. Uh, and with it being epic... I, we were talking beforehand, I was pretty sure this is Epic's first time ever publishing, and it is. This is brand new for them, and they chose some great studios. Like I said, Remedy, I fully believe in Remedy. Uh, I want to say, it doesn't say it on this article, but I want to say it's a two-game deal with Remedy. and <laughs> Give them everything. And the mo- the money amount, the split of 50-50 once costs are recouped, and them providing 100% costs with the company retaining all ip rights that's everything a company uh developer
0: wants to hear um and oh go ahead oh no go ahead you you no i was just gonna say i think the biggest thing here for me is is certainly remedy um i think the stuff from the from play dead is awesome too actually i think i never actually played insider limbo but i know people speak very highly of them and i do want to go back and play them at some point but certainly my
2: all-time favorite indie
0: certainly remedy i think you know they tried something new with quantum break and i think people actually really enjoyed that game but it didn't really take off like they were expecting but certainly control um kind of just exploded like as far as maybe not sales wise i don't know how it did sales wise but i feel like anytime i hear someone talk about the best games that released last year that game is nine times out of ten from what I've heard, the best game that released last year. So
2: it it ended up beating out Resident Evil Two for me, and I didn't think anything would. Yeah, Control is an incredible game from every perspective, and that was with Five Oh Five publishing. I'm yeah. not saying Five Oh Five is a small publisher, but now you have Epic giving them a hundred percent, up to a hundred percent of the cost of this. Uh yeah, give Remedy whatever they need. I fully believe in them. I can't wait to see what they make next.
0: Um, You know, so much, tr- I guess, kind of trash-talking went on with Epic this last couple of years as far as specifically the PC with the Deservedly Epic Games Store. Deservingly
1: so, but, yeah.
0: Yeah, but I, I will say this, though. You know, people people say deservingly so, and and I get it. Um, I wasn't ever too bothered by it. What I will say is it it's they're certainly making an effort to kind of grow their platform and grow their company and i think it's very interesting to kind of watch this happen and watch this kind of unfold um again just as a from a pc standpoint seeing kind of this this new service take off and offer free games every month and um, have a lot of exclusive deals it's just been very interesting to watch this happen and and certainly now this um like you said elijah i do think it's if I'm not mistaken, it's two games with Remedy, which is which is also like a huge deal. I I, I believe it
2: was said that one is a like is a full on triple A game, and the other one is a smaller story set in the same universe, something yeah. along those lines.
0: Yeah, so we'll see what happens there. I I really want to play Control because honestly, hearing this makes me think like, what if it's Alan Wake too? But maybe that's just hopeful me. As
2: Alan a... Wake 2, Control 2, Quantum Break 2, give me any of them. Yeah. So no, did
1: you beat Did you actually beat Quantum Break? Yes. What'd you think of it? The ending
2: was like overall, I really enjoyed it. And like nine-tenths of the game I thought was really, really good. But the final boss fight was very video gamey. Hmm. And that kind of, kind of like, oh, and it only hurt that much more because of the. I thought the rest of the game was great.
0: I want to play it at some point. I want to because I, like I said, I guess I didn't really say it, but Alan Break is is absolutely Alan Break. Alan, Alan Break. Wow. Well, Alan Wake <laughs> is is absolutely one of my uh, Alan Control Break is one of my favorite <laughs> games of all time. We need and- to
2: control Alan Break. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um it's one of my favorite games of all time it, it, it was one of the first 360 games i played and um it's just a phenomenal game and it, le- it leaves off on a massive cliffhanger and i'm
2: halfway through it and i love it
0: yeah it is it's a phenomenal phenomenal game now, did, and did you play any of the dlc yes yes okay uh, uh,
2: the only i was playing it and i stopped
0: because i'm yeah. using
2: my uh my bing rewards points Mm -hmm. to buy xbox credit and i'm slowly
0: getting like getting the money on my xbox account and buying the dlc for it yeah you will want to play the dlc immediately because it's it literally picks up at the end of the game like it's it's the real ending for the game so
2: also you'll definitely want to play control yeah especially (laughs) with that new dlc coming this summer i know it's the second
0: part of the season pass i'm pretty sure because there's like a huge playstation 4 spring sale right now i'm pretty sure the deluxe edition's like 38 or 39 or something like that and i think i'm just gonna buy it so
2: i i will tell you i'm one of those people that like if i see a game on sale that like i kind of like oh i should have bought it on sale or that control i paid a total of 85 dollars for between the season pass and the game and i don't regret it one bit yeah so if you can grab it for a price like that i highly recommend it yeah and like all this, I've I've noticed as of recent days like in the past couple months I think Remedy is one of my favorite studios because when I think about what would I rather see from them a sequel to one of their games or a new game from them and I'm like give me either I trust them both ways their games are incredible I'd love to see a sequel to any of them also they've done nothing they've done no wrong when giving us something new mm-hmm. that I I trust that company now at this point they're one of my favorite developers. I just got the platinum for Control on Friday. Nice. Felt great. Nice.
0: Yeah, it's uh it's definitely very high on my to-play list,
1: so Well, we'll see how that turns out, you know. Yeah. We'll definitely yeah. see how it turns out. Okay, so lastly, last news item, okay? So usually Gearbox um does some amazing things, right? Every once in a while they'll they'll produce a turd like remember um
0: a couple. Aliens, Alien Bro-mo, Marines. Yeah. yeah. Were they the <laughs> publisher
1: or were they the developer? They were the developer. They, okay. So basically I think they leased it out to somebody to do it yep. and it was just bad, right? And you know what's funny, I know this isn't part of the story, but on the PC version, if you just fix one little line of code, then the actual xenomorphs yep. are are amazing. Like, yeah,
2: apparently it super changes the game. Yeah. Yep.
1: One line of code, that's it. Okay, so, well, apparently um, they they're, did something pretty bad. Uh, and these are to their employees. They left
2: so, a flash drive at a medieval night? Maybe, <laughs> <Baby>, yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, so this was reported by Jason Schreier. And mm-hmm. when he reports on stuff, especially about employee, um, how they're treated, it, it, he's always pretty legit. Like I, I, I think this is legit, but this is from Kotaku and this is Jason Schreier. It says, I'm just going to read the first part. The video game Borderlands three was a big sales success when it launched last fall, according to its publisher 2k, which described it as a billion dollar global brand. Okay. That is why it was shocking to employees at Gearbox, the developer of the game when the studio's CEO Randy Pitchford, do you guys know who Randy Pitchford is? Yes. Oh
2: yeah, of course. Okay,
1: so he was one of he he did one of the episodes of um, uh, what you call it um, Half Life. Mm. Like his company, his studio. Um, he didn't work for Valve, but his studio that he was running or that he was a part of did one of the episodes of um, Half Life. So that's how he kind of got his name. But anyways, so uh, Randy Pitchford told them, the employees, yesterday that they would not receive the significant royalty bonus that they expected. And the, uh, the title of the um, article was, Despite Huge Sales, Borderlands 3 Developers Are Getting Stiffed on Bonuses. So... Um, Employees at the studio will get small bonus checks, but nothing close to the tens of thousands or even hundreds of thousands that many had expected. And this has got to be like, this is bad. This is very bad because they spend hours and hours and hours throughout the years that it takes to create a game. Mm -hmm. And they pretty much devote their life to that game right? And to promise an employee that you will get this, you know, and then not come through after it's sold. I don't know what the numbers were. I didn't research it enough to get the numbers, but of course it's going to sell well. I mean, it got good reviews. Um, but this is bad.
0: Um, you might have read it and I might have just zoned out for a second, but I was reading the article earlier and it was even saying that like several employees had talked to Jason and said that they had like planned stuff around yeah. their bonus that they were going to receive and obviously yeah. they didn't receive it and that's just And and when know, they were crazy. told
2: uh they were told that like if you don't like it you can quit.
0: Yeah. Also just side note, but as of 2 months ago Borderlands 3 has sold 8 million copies. Jeez. So, yeah. Just a but, side note, but
1: yeah. So basically, they, um, Gearbox offers its employees below average salaries for the industry. Yep. According to more than a dozen current and former Gearbox staff who has spoken to, K- to K- K- Kotaku over the years. To make up for that, the studio offers something unique profit sharing. Royalties from all of the developers' games are split 60 40. So, you know, I don't know. I just, like, this is bad, you know.
2: But but don't worry. Before Borderlands 3 was made, Randy Pitchford was given a $12 million bonus.
0: Yeah. You, yeah, that was something that I was reading earlier, too, that was just, I was like, are you kidding me? I
2: forgot me? all about that until someone brought it up. Yeah.
0: Um, I forgot. I, I remember all... that was a big news story when that happened, but. I don't know. It's just I feel like this is insanity. Like I I would yeah. be curious to know how many like hours they were crunching right there at the end and like how much time they couldn't spend with their family because again, they were working their butts off trying to get this bonus and make a good game and like you know. And
2: obvi- obviously it's been worth it in the past. Yeah. Like a- apparently in the past it has been fine, but this is it th- this isn't just a small thing when they were offered double and triple digit Uh, bonuses Mm -hmm. that's a large amount for them to be like nah
0: yeah i'm just i'm curious to see if there's anything that ever comes out that explains their reasoning behind not giving them
2: oh it says the reasoning in the article oh does it the reasoning was uh it the the game ended up being so much more expensive to make than they thought it would be
1: and they added more people to the team too. Oh yeah,
2: and they and they created they created a new team in uh, Quebec, I want to say it was. Like they, they made a new studio. So, so that, at that took that a lot point, of money.
1: At that point, and I know it's hard to do because you don't know how your sales are going to be. But when they knew that that wasn't going to happen, they needed to bring everybody in and say, "Hey, look, we're not going to be able to meet your what we said." But we're going to give you guys a little bit of a raise to make up for yeah. that. At least throw them a bone. But yeah. don't be that person that says, hey, if you don't like it, then quit.
0: No, I mean, you that's know? that's poor for morale. I mean, no one's going to oh, respect yeah. you at all. Nope. nope. Um, it's just a terrible situation. I feel really awful for these people. And supposedly, uh, Pitchford like,
2: is – Going to attempt to talk to Two K to maybe try and get a like what like an advance Mm. in order to give bigger bonuses
1: to the team,
2: Mm. but it's unknown.
1: Remember when the Wii U flopped, and the president of Nintendo, he um he he just yep yep he cut his pay
0: i mean randy could have easily taken that 13 million dollars and given it to at least you know some of it to his employees he, yeah he, he doesn't freaking need 13 million dollars so
2: uh, sir it was 12
0: he needed the 12 oh, yeah sorry. if there was an extra million and he could oh, have yeah. given <laughs> it was that last well, million that was really put right? him over the
2: edge <laughs> well that's that's like uh there was the thing the one ceo for was it ea Decided to forego his $20 million bonus. Yeah. On top of the like $18 million he was already making. Yeah. But it's okay. He didn't need the bonus. Yeah. I'm
0: like, <laughs> really? I don't know. It's just, especially with Randy, like, I guess he was like the director, right? I guess this is what he would be considered if Yeah. 1-3. If he's the director, like, the ones that are making that game possible are all of the people that are working under him. And I yep. feel like to blatantly disrespect all of their work i mean without them borderlands 3 would have been nothing so i just no like i said i just feel bad for these for these people and i hope there's some sort of resolution at some point
1: now what kind of issue came out of um the um naughty dog because remember like a week or two ago there was something about naughty dog and not that it was the same thing but that employees were being like
2: it was just a bad place to work and stuff like that yeah i haven't heard anything come out of that
0: yeah it's kind of crazy i know that it's pretty well known at this point that naughty dog is like all about crunch and yeah
2: like they're they're about trying perfection and such
0: and yeah and i know that's not uncommon with with most large triple a games these days like you look at that you look at something like red dead redemption 2 i know that was a huge mm-hmm. discussion when that game came out as well but i forget what game it was i want to say it was last of us 2 when it was pushed back by like a month or two or whatever it was um because wasn't it originally supposed to be like march february. or april yes oh february february, february
2: yeah. 21st i
0: think I, so it must have been with this game but i i've I definitely remember articles coming out when it was pushed to May um uh, like anonymous sourcing from the employees that were basically like yeah like we get more time to work on it but literally all that means for us is that's 3 extra months of crunch of crunch yeah like so, it, it
2: was yeah it's more time but it's not like it's going to get like span through that time no it's just 3 more months of the same time frame we're doing now yeah
0: through like 3 more months of 80 hour weeks 90 hour weeks so uh, yeah, that's the biggest thing I've heard about Naughty Dog, at least. Because uh, I I know the one guy who
2: I guess used to work there was mm-hmm. saying he has worked with teams that he guarantee could have gotten that game out last year. Jeez, but it's just so like it, it's just not managed the best at Naughty Dog, I guess.
1: Well, I don't know what about that said? one because Naughty Dog is about quality. Like, all of their games, you know, is about quality. So, Because they set up the bar, right? They really did. And so they have to meet that.
2: Apparently, it's common knowledge. Like, this isn't a thing set. This is very common knowledge. They didn't have a producer until, like, Uncharted 4. And the producers, this the person who goes, All right, so we want to have this done by this time. We're going to focus on that. We're going to get that done. And apparently... They didn't have one for the past, like, how many years?
1: You well, know, I, I to say it was Uncharted 4 for the first did.
2: time. Druckmann is the creative director.
1: Okay.
0: I'll just, I'll never forget the disaster that was Uncharted 4. Like, not the game itself, but the development and, like, leading into that game. And everything that was kind of just building up with um, Amy. It was yep. just
1: what happened with that what was it with amy i don't and, know if we ever find i
0: don't that. know if we'll ever find out that answer i'm pretty sure they signed some sort of nda but yeah i from my understanding in the little bit that we know there was some sort of huge conflict between amy and people on the team um i, I,
2: I like at least one thing i saw that was nice is like When games were coming out from each side, they were, like, talking and congratulating each other. It wasn't one of those, we're never talking to you again kind of situations. They were at least, like, Amy was, like, talking to him and saying, hey, I want to say congrats on the release and stuff like that. Yeah. And, like, they they were appreciative of it. They weren't being... So, uh, apparently it wasn't totally disastrous. But it wasn't good.
0: I don't think it was as bad as the Kojima situation is all I'll say.
2: Look, but, it was. I just want to ahead. say it was brought up again. Sean Layden, when he left Sony, I want to know what happened. Yeah. I just want to know. And we're never going to find out. Yeah. And it's going to eat at me. Because when he left, all we got was a tweet saying, hey, thanks for working here. That, that was it. Yeah. I just want to know.
1: Well, um, for those of you that haven't seen it, there's a there's a documentary on the history of Naughty Dog. Yeah. Um, It's called the naughty dog full-length 30th anniversary video so i highly recommend it because you you get to see how it was born uh, how naughty dog was born and just um how they how they made their path to where they are today you know interesting yeah so it came out um let's see maybe 2015 or something like that i remember watching it after i got back from uh when i moved back here to el paso so it's really good too. I mean, it's really high quality. So, um, but yeah. So unfortunately, we still have um, issues like that where companies um, kind of take advantage of of their employees. And I get it, the whole crunch and stuff like that. But something like what is happening at Gearbox—that's that's no bueno. And that's going to carry around with him. Like now, he's going to have that stigma. the rest of his career is oh he's that one dude yeah you know all right guys so let's get uh before we end we got some questions all of them from chris chamberlain all right uh let's see how are everyone's thoughts on the re3 resident evil 3 remake reviews it seems to be all over the place
0: so elijah you've probably been paying more attention to me so you'll probably have more to say but from what i've seen i i've seen a lot of positive stuff about it and i i have seen the mixed reviews that chris is talking about but they've mostly been like the game's short the game's frustrating but i feel like those people maybe didn't play the original game because it i mean resident evil games in general yeah. are not typically that long first off no, no. Um, and,
2: uh, they, they are meant to be replayed over and over i mean the the very first game uh, what? For example, when they remade it on GameCube and then brought it out later on current consoles, the one trophy slash achievement you can get is for beating it in under two hours. Yeah, yeah those games and, and are unlock, meant to be. You unlock
1: yeah. like the best weapons too. Yeah,
2: those so, games are meant to be replayed and trying to get the best time, almost speedrun in a way. That that's how those games are meant to be played.
0: The other thing I have seen pop up though that is a little concerning is that supposedly. And again, I, I still really want the game because it still is getting pretty good reviews for the most part. I mean, it has like around a, a high B, like low A type grading on like Metacritic, like Open Critics type uh, websites. So it's like a high 89-ish area on their scores. But uh, I've heard that Nemesis is kind of resorted back to like a cutscene kind of character and does not actually pursue you the whole game i don't know the extent of that like if that's yeah. actually true because
2: i hear he's pretty prevalent near the beginning but then he's seen here and there sparsely throughout the
0: yeah rest. which i don't know how to feel about that i think that is a little concerning i think out of everything i've heard that is the most concerning because that's the point of the game is for him to be chasing you the entire game
1: yeah, he's a nemesis. Yeah. You know? And if yeah. they've
0: kind of removed him from sections, I don't know about that one. I yeah. think
1: I think you would want to play the original cuz I got them when they came out on the GameCube because like that was huge back then for the GameCube to get the um first of all to get a uh, the remake, mm-hmm. you know. And mm-hmm. then to get um two three And then um, Code Veronica, right? And then they made the new one with Zero and then, of course, Four. So to get all of those on the GameCube, that was a huge shot in the arm for Nintendo because they Mm -hmm. were still reeling from, you know, everybody, like, bailed on them during the Nintendo 64, right? Mm -hmm. So they needed those third parties, so Capcom was there to kind of, you know, help them out a little bit. So
2: between those and the Capcom Five. Yeah. They were a big partner
1: for him. Yeah. And then, so, I mean, but think about it. They had time to really focus on Resident Evil 2, the remake, right? Mm-hmm. So they knocked it out. Like, you know, just amazing reviews. It was even nominated for Game of the Year. But this one, it wasn't that it was rushed, but they didn't have as much time, right? So... That's why I don't think it's going to do as good because you're you're comparing it to Resident Evil Two, and you can't do that. Yeah. You no. Know? Well,
0: and not just that, but not just the development thing because it is developed by a different team, if I'm not mistaken. So yes, I yes, it is. I think they still had a bit of time to work on it, but at yeah, the same time, I supposedly f- they
2: were developed in unison, like together. Yeah. Okay. Here, here's a basic rumor that I had heard, yeah, unsubstantiated, but this is from someone in the industry, is that originally they were going to release two and three together. As one,
0: I'm not surprised by that. I'm not surprised by that because I mean, it's the same engine, like, three has you know, settings that are in two. I mean, it's yeah, they really connect. Apparently,
2: like, if you were to take out the game and just leave the UI, you and then someone you ask someone which is two and which is three, you couldn't pick out
0: the difference. Um, what I was going to say though, and I know this is kind of subjective, but people are coming off of Resident Evil 2, which remake aside as much as i love four i think as as a resident evil game goes i still think two is my all-time favorite oh
1: hell yeah big time
0: as as much as i love four and i know everyone loves four but i think quality wise even the original two is the best resident evil game um when three came out people did not like three as much and i think we're just kind of in that same cycle again
2: (laughs) yeah like it it's not like all of a sudden, oh, they'll like it more now. 3D yeah. was just not liked as much back then either. So that, I think that plays a part on 2. And like you were saying, 2 was like the remake was just such an incredible game from yeah. every standpoint. Ever like the, the graphics. Yeah. Like, and this game is no different from what I hear. Like, this game is one of the most gorgeous games anyone's ever seen. Just that RE engine is probably one of the best looking game engines in gaming right now. yeah
0: and i think you know maybe the shock factors kind of wore off as far as like Mm -hmm. you know when two came out everyone was impressed but now that we've all played two three you know graphically is the same and i'm not again it looks incredible but as far as like you know maybe just the immediacy of this game just came out and it looks amazing isn't quite as as prevalent for this game yeah because we just had two and like, oh, it pl- it plays great. You know, two played the same way.
2: So it was like yeah. with two, it was a we didn't expect this. With three, it's, oh, we expected all this.
0: Yeah.
1: I wish we could time travel, you know, doing the podcast, like time travel back when remake released because it was exciting, right? Because yeah. mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you, um, this was before IGN was, I mean, it was good and it was all like written, right? Or, you know, of course, type, but all their reviews and everything was still like in the, you know, it was still like journalistic, right? There wasn't the mm-hmm. the videos and stuff. But I didn't hit up IGN as much as I did Game Facts. Like I was on Game Facts whenever I could. I that was my go-to place for anything. So with the um with the release of the GameCube, you know, when when something would blow up, you know, because I wasn't planning on getting Resident Evil remake, but then when, when that board hit the top and everybody was just talking about it, I went that day, the day that it released and I picked it up and um, that's what sold me on the series was was Resident Evil remake. And even though it had the the tank controls, there was something special about those games. You know, Mm -hmm. because remember there was two people that are very significant in gaming industry right now, which was, um, it was, uh, Hideki Kamiya. Yep. And then, um, what's his face? Uh, I keep forgetting his name. The one that did, um, the, the.
2: I share a birthday with him and I love this guy and I'm blanking on his name right now. And Okay, angle. hold on, hold on. Um, Sh- uh, Shinji Mikami. Yes. Oh,
1: yeah. Sh- yeah, Shinji Mikami. Those two were responsible for that and that's why those games are so special. And like what you were saying earlier, uh, Elijah, that the purpose, like it was made for speedrun and I'm going to tell you I because I, I got all of them, um, the ports also. And so they were still rough. They were still the PlayStation ports, you know, Mm -hmm. that was on the GameCube. So it, it wasn't scary. So I would play Resident Evil two with my kids Mm -hmm. during the day. Okay. But I wouldn't do the remake. I would have to wait till they go to bed,
2: but they were with me
1: when I would speed run two, you know? And uh, I did, I was able to get it under two hours. So we did a playthrough and, and it was all exciting and you know my little kids put me on their shoulders and we had a little parade right because i did something good uh-huh. in gaming right <laughs> so this series is special and it's it's had its ups and downs where you know four sold a lot because they changed yeah. how the game was, right? It mm-hmm. still had a little bit horror elements, but it started going more in that adventure. And then they use quick time events, you know, press A repeatedly or whatever. And um, so even though that game is on every system, on every phone, um, I wouldn't even be surprised if it's on some TI calculators. RE4 was is, you know, an amazing game. My third Those, favorite game of all time. Those early games, Resident Evil remake, you know, with those two guys and that magic they had, that was amazing. That was something special to to witness. You know that that was that was a good time back then.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, uh, th- that's one of the reasons. Uh, like I love, uh, like I follow I followed Shinji Mikami's work since then. I love the Evil Within, especially the Evil Within two. Which I think is just an incredible game. You remember,
1: we were able to do that picture. We were able to take that picture. <laughs> it was us. All you had to do was like do a crazy face, like, yep, you know, and it, like it you're put screaming. Your, yeah, it put your face the on the poster. Barber. Yeah. yeah,
2: I had, I saw, I have my poster hung up in the game room. Yeah. Uh, but no, like I, I think, and I, there were problems with the first Evil Within, but I think the Evil Within Two is just an incredible game, and I think it's one of the probably top 10 best games to come out of the past 5 years um and shinji mikami has not lost it and neither has hideki kamiya devil may cry 5 is one of the best games Wait, did he do I five
1: last. i oh, thought he just no. did one and two or no i thought he just did he didn't
2: i'm trying to remember i i know he did one and two
1: and then he bailed and then he went to yeah then he started studio.
2: platinum Platinum, I have a love hate relationship with.
0: Yeah, it looks like the last he did Devil May Cry one. Okay. Um, not five though. He did. Uh, recently, he's just done Bayonetta, Bayonetta two, yep. Astral Chain, Okami. Man, what a game! I, I
2: have oh, a love He hate. did Okami. Yeah. Yes. Oh I have a love yeah. hate relationship with Platinum, but uh, here's a, here's a you know my thing. Here's a fun fact.
1: Fun fact, I love I love Elijah's fun facts.
2: Devil May Cry. So that was Resident Evil 4. Yes. Uh, they they pitched Resident Evil 4. Kamiya did. And it was just wildly different thing and Cop- Capcom said, "No, we're not doing that for Resident Evil, but we like that idea. We're going to let you keep making it and it'll just be something different." <laughs> so that's so- like that's where Kamiya and Shinji Mikami like split up in their game making because Mikami stayed with Resident Evil and Kamiya went and started Devil May Cry.
1: Okay, so let me ask you this. With the whole Devil May Cry series, um, someone today, right?
2: Mm-hmm. If
1: I had a student that is all about Fortnite and I said, okay, I want you to play this series. I want you to go through and play the series of Devil May Cry. What? Which of the remasters or the remakes, what... What would they do? What games would they play?
2: I would start with three. Uh not only is it a on prequel, what system? I don't know what it does and doesn't run well enough on. I feel like it does run pretty well on like PS4, Xbox One.
1: Which ones uh, are on the Switch?
2: Uh one, two, and three. Actually. Okay. Yeah, I think it's just one, two, and three right now. I don't think four came out on Switch.
1: And it how are those ports? Safe. Are they good or are they? I don't
2: know. Because I'm assuming
1: you, they're the HD remakes, right? From what I've yes. heard, they're
2: good. I, I haven't that heard you too it, much. They, they apparently added a bunch of stuff to 3. Yeah. But uh, I would definitely start with 3. Not only is it a prequel, so it's kind of like the beginning of the story, but also it is, uh, of the older ones, the best gameplay-wise. Mm. Uh, because 1 and especially 2 are kind of rough, but if you start with three, you're kind of worked into it a little more. So you understand it a little better. Uh, but then four started a whole new kind of gameplay session because you were Nero. And instead of just using your guns and sword, he used his, uh, devil bringer arm. And then five is just honestly, from a gameplay standpoint, five is one of the best games I've played in a long time from actual. Didn't that
1: was, didn't that come out a couple years ago? last year. Okay.
2: Capcom had a banger year last year. Right,
1: so you say go 312.
2: 312.
1: All right.
2: 2 three, is two. rough, but if you play 3 and 1, you're kind of invested in that point and it helps you to get through 2. Devil May Cry is a good series. And like I said, the old ones can be kind of hard to really get into because they kind of feel old. But then once you get to 4 and especially 5, the gameplay is so much better.
1: Okay. There we go. All right, real quick. Elijah, Chris yes. Chamberlain asked you, why do you have an obsession with G Fuel?
2: So at PAX this year, I, I've always kind of like, you know, I, I had some G Fuel before and it was good. But at PAX this year, they gave out free cans of their like energy drink cans. And it was sour cherry. And it was the same kind that I normally drink, just like the rain it has zero sugar, zero carbs, uh, it was that s- almost same exact formula and it tasted so good and at that point I'm like I, w- I want to get more like I, w- I, I will gladly drink more of that drink and now coming out on Friday is the Resident Evil 3 G Fuel which was completely misnamed it's named Nemesis T but they should have named it the T virus T E A yeah. virus that was really oh, mystical. Man, opportunity. as soon as I thought of that at work today, I got so sad that it didn't actually happen. But so I'm I'm going to try that. I had the peach tea before and I really liked it. And just because I'm a weirdo, uh, I really want to try the black on blackberry, which is the one with the uh, Dr. Disrespect flavor. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> Cannot wait to have a can with now Dr. Disrespect oh, no. on the side.
1: Are you going to buy the Resident Evil 3 can yeah. and save it? Uh,
2: I, I am definitely getting it and I'm going to use it, but I am going to save, I'm getting the tub, only the tubs come out on Friday, so I'm going to get a tub of the, like, powdered stuff. I will save the tub, but then, uh, they're coming out with the actual, like, can, like, the ready-to-drink cans at, later in the month, and I'm probably going to get some of those, too, if I like
1: I was that guy that bought all the Pepsi cans with when episode one came out. They had Me all too. the different okay, and I had them all set up and one day they all just exploded.
2: I'm not gonna say I'm sitting here looking up at a Mountain Dew game fuel bottle from Halo 3, <laughs> but I am.
1: <laughs> it's sitting right up there. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, I you- am definitely one of those. Okay. Lastly, I'm going to put this out there for our listeners because I have a question and this all, and I'm not going to take too much time. And this all revolves around my struggle and just being behind the power curve with bravely default two. I thought, how can I be able to jump into that game and just destroy it? Okay. So this is what I came up with. And I brought it up to the guys when we were playing, um, we were playing uh, Reach this last weekend. But for those of you listeners out there, um, I want to get your response. This is my path. I was thinking, and I bought this this week, and it came in, but Final Fantasy IV DS, by the way, it's like under $30 uh, brand new still. So it's the remake of two, basically, right? So I was thinking about playing that one, and then jumping into... Final Fantasy 3 on the DS, which introduced, and this is where I'm having problems with the job system, right? Mm-hmm. So then I'd play that and kind of get a gist of the job system and then play Final Fantasy IV Heroes of Light, okay? Which is uh, a prequel, I guess, or it was the predecessor to Bravely Default, Bravely 2nd, and now Bravely Default 2. So I was thinking that at some point when I want to play um, Bravely Default 2, should I go through that path so that I can enjoy and understand and really, you know, just kick some A.
2: You're making me want to go back and play
0: Final Fantasy 4 again. Yeah. So is that the one, Coach, that was like kind of remade on DS?
1: No, it was actually remade because remember... Two okay. in the U.S., four in Japan, <laughs> was top down. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So four, they went to 3D, kind of like you know, um, Ocarina of Time type graphics, okay. but on the three, but on the, the I, DS. Yeah,
0: I thought it was that one. So yeah, that one always yeah. looked really good. Um yes. The remake of that. So maybe one of these days I'll play that one too. I've actually never really played any of the old Final Fantasy games. Oh, so, some really good ones. Yeah.
1: So, and I'm playing right now, I'm going through, um, uh, Super Mario RPG, right. Mm-hmm. And which I love. So that RPG, you know, I'm, I'm fine with because it's not, um, it's entry level type stuff, right. It's RPG yeah. 101. same with, um, but if you want to level up, I guess you could say to the next type of game would be, um. Golden Sun, right? I love the first Golden Sun. Golden Sun is so good. Yeah, I actually beat that um back in the day when it first came out. And then uh I tried my I then I played Tactics Ogre, Knights of the Lodi on the Game Boy Advance as well. And uh that was good because battles could be like 45 minutes long, so but yeah, so that's my plan, and I know that's a long plan. That's probably about four hundred and ninety-two hours worth of RPG Final Fantasy goodness. But Bravely Default 2 looks really, really good. So all right, guys. Anything else you want to talk about before we end this?
0: Uh
2: by the time the next episode is up, so will be my review for Disaster Report 4.
1: There we go. Nice. Very excited to watch Yes, that. and then not only watch it, but when we do our next podcast after it's released. We'll talk to you about it. We'll give you a little spotlight. Yes. Right. Hopefully this weekend, um, I could actually start my series, which was supposed to start last weekend, but, you know, we'll see. All right, guys. Thanks for uh, listening. Uh, Drop us a line. Um, What does Seth usually say here? Drop us a line. Um, Give us a review. Is that or no. Give us a like. What does he usually say at this point?
0: You want me to say it? Go for it. All right, you can listen Bring us to, home. Bring you can us listen home. <laughs> you can listen to frame skip on as you already are cuz you're at the very end of the show on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher and TuneIn or various other services around the web if you search us we're probably on it. Um, leave us a review. It really helps out the show. I know Apple Podcasts is kind of the main place to do that. I think you can do it on Stitcher and TuneIn. Not sure about Spotify, Google, any of that stuff, but uh, do that. It's much appreciated. If you want to send in any questions to us, write us an email at frameskippodcast at gmail.com or you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Send those questions in there. Uh, Twitter is at frameskippod or you can go to facebook.com slash frameskippod. Same thing. Uh, again, send those questions in. Uh, you can follow Seth, who is not here, on Twitter at Seth S. Taylor. Coach is at 32-bit professor. Elijah is at local lizard man. I'm at Austin J. Eller. And I think that's it.
1: All right, guys, be safe, make good decisions, and play lots of games.